Hello friends and welcome to your second weekly helping of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. I hope you're having a good week so far. If you're not friends, don't worry about it. For the next hour or so, we're going to do our best to cheer you up with our combination of white hot analysis and general good looks for the video viewers. Um, I'm Mark Heath. I'm your host, of course, as ever or as usual. And the whole damn gang are with me today. Ross is is back. He's, he's spoken to his, uh, his brand manager who said that he can now appear on this show. He's not now overexposed, having skipped one, even though he's doing two podcasts today. Brand Ross is back on board. Uh, but I want to start, of course, with AJ, because AJ, today's show is what we call, in the news business, we, we talk about concept front pages, which is basically just a front page with a big picture, all around the concept when there's something very exciting. Today's podcast is a concept podcast, which I guess you'd say most of them are. But yours, th- this one is your concept, friend. So I'm going to start with you. Mm-hmm. Set it up for us. What, what are we going to be talking about today and why? Yeah. Do you hate this kind of bit in January, February? We've got the transfer window and all those kind of stuff. But in general, general life, it's a bit grim, isn't it? Mm. Christmas is gone. New Year's are gone. And I think back to the last few months and what I think we enjoyed doing, what people enjoyed listening to, was our predictions at the start of the season. And we can look back on them and think about all the terrible things that we, and particularly I, said on said podcast. Um, and with that in mind, I thought, why not come up with an idea that brings a bit of post-Christmas and New Year cheer, something that people will enjoy listening to, something that fills the nice blank midweek slot in between gargantuan games against Preston North End and West Brom. And so, dear listeners, I bring to you our slightly after mid-season predictions podcast episode. Absolutely. Which is, so, uh, yeah. Essentially, today we're going to be making our predictions based on what we already know around what's already taken place, based on what happened in the transfer window, given that's now slammed shut, um, and pondering and predicting what the rest of the season may look like um, under AJ's advice and guidance. Um, although you may not want to take too much notice of his advice and guidance looking at his preseason predictions. Uh, Stewie, my friend, you've had to turn your heating off because it was making a noise. So for the good of the show, the good of the listeners, the good of the audience, you're going to be cold, which is f- quite frankly outrageous. A selfless act. Yeah, I might might put a little woolly hat on in a minute just to just to get through. Um, yeah, Ross said there was a bit of a whir in the background. We, we took it in turns to mute. We got to the cause of the problem. It's my heating. It's off. We're good to go. Excellent. And, and finally, the final uh, apple in our basket today, the egg. I suppose, uh, not really an egg. You're too hairy for probably an egg. Rossi, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rossi, you, uh, you you dipped out on Monday. You said to me, I'm all over the place, mate. I am all <laughs> over everything that we do. I'm worried about being overexposed, ubiquitous, omnipresent. People are going to get sick of me. I said, Ross, people are never going to get sick of you. You're adorable, but you disagreed and, you're, and your missus disagreed as well. But you're here today. How are things? I'm okay. Some of those words you just said, I don't know what they mean. So uh, <laughs> I definitely didn't say those words. Um, but yeah, I'm all good. All good. Another week, Lily, in the books. And uh, predictions. I have um, a mixed bag in terms of getting some right, some wrong, some in the middle. So um, we'll find out what our predictions are. I love the way when you pronounce the word with emphasis, Ross. It puts me in mind of like a big film trailer. Predictions. <laughs> That kind of thing. I like it. With a slight slough of twang, of course. Yeah. Um, I enjoy it. Right then. Um, so today we're going to be looking at where we think 
Obviously, Town are going to finish. Who's going to be in the top two? What the playoff spots are going to be? Who's going to get relegated? Who's going to be Town's MVP? For those of you who hate American sports, that's the most valuable player for the rest of the season. Who's going to be the top scorer from here on in? A little bit of a surprise package, perhaps, and a hot take at random from all of us as well. We may even chuck a few more in. Depends. We'll see how the flow takes us. Um, But I'm going to suggest, friends, because obviously there's some big item tickets in there. Let's start with the least interesting, shall we? And that's going to be, because it's not going to involve Town, the relegated sides, friends. Um, So let's get that out of the way first, the formalities, as it were. Not going to involve town, clearly, which is great. You've all got pen and paper, I'm hoping. Yeah, Ross, it's definitely not going to involve town. (laughs) I'm not sure that's even possible. Um, So you're going to give me the three sides who are going to be relegated, and then we're going to talk about them. So I'll quickly scribble mine down. My handwriting is awful. You ever notice that about your handwriting? I think it's because mine's I mine's dreadful e- as well. Years right. of shorthand, um, which has rendered my handwriting now a barely legible scribble. Right then, three, two, one. Oh, Ross is. If you what? Sorry, my handwriting. My handwriting is just dreadful. Well, you can translate. Come on, Come yeah. on. my handwriting is also bad on this one. What are you looking at, Ross? Are you... All right, are let's you... just crack on. Ross, can yeah. catch go, up. Go. Three, two, one. Right then. So I've got QPR, Sheffield Wednesday, Rotherham. AJ on his very fancy little wipe clean whiteboard has got Stoke, Sheffield Wednesday, Rotherham. As has Stu. And Ross has got Rotherham, Sheffield Wednesday and Huddersfield. Right then. Go on then, AJ. So you're putting Stoke in that mix. At the moment, of course, Rotherham very much bottom. Sheffield Wednesday, second from bottom. They look like they're Mm -hmm. going, let's be honest. So it's all really about that kind of third and final spot. You're saying Stoke. Yeah. I thought that the relegation picture was a lot more open than people maybe thought a few weeks ago. And it, is, it kind of has turned out that way. But I thought Sheffield Wednesday would be the ones to get out of it. And then they lost 4-0 at Huddersfield. And it looks like it's going to be a bit too far for them to do that. Um, and I'm liking the look of QPR. And I think that they're going to have some momentum after winning at Blackburn. <clears throat> and I think the Huddersfield have some momentum after winning at Sheffield Wednesday. Is this reactionary after one weekend? Who knows? But my predictions are usually terrible. So we'll just go with it. Um, and then from there, I think that someone's going to get dragged into it that we're not expecting. And you look up, you see maybe teams like Millwall. I think Blackburn are one who are going to be at risk. But I think that based on recent news, it sounds like Yondal Thomason's going to leave. And with that, I think comes a bit of a bounce in terms of getting yeah just players on side. And also Sammy Smodix is one of the top scorers in the league. So you can't look past that. And when you look at Stoke, they've got a new manager, so they're not going to change. He's come in and the results haven't improved. And where teams around them can generally pick up results, even if it's kind of some scrappy draws. You look at Sheffield Wednesday getting a few draws in there. You look at QPR doing that. Even Huddersfield, I think, had a run of three before they beat Sheffield Wednesday. Stoke are getting thumped most weeks. The only one where they've won is they beat Rotherham away from home, which was thanks to a 40-yard free kick. And other than that, I don't see much kind of hope to be cheerful and I don't see any change coming in because you're not going to sack a, a bright young manager you appointed a few weeks ago so for that reason with no change imminent and with the other teams maybe having another trump card to play I think they could be the ones to drop in Okay, Stu is in agreement with you anything to add to that Stu in terms of your reasoning? Uh, no, I had the almost the exact same logic as Alex there um, on, on a lot of things it was between Stoke and Blackburn getting sucked into that Blackburn seem to be in a 
in a right muddle at the moment with with deals falling through on deadline day and is the manager going to be in charge for this weekend one win in 11 for them now but for the same reasons that Alex has just said I think they've got enough goals I think you teams that generally get sucked into it is goals if you if you can't score goals you're in trouble you look back at the season Ipswich went down that was an issue and I, I think they've got enough there with Schmodix with with Gallagher who we've talked a fair fair amount about ourselves in the last couple of weeks Stoke they went down the sort of foreign route of signings last summer um yeah I, I, I don't uh, two wins in 16 for them now they've got Blackburn away this weekend and then they've got QPR at home next that is a huge few days for them Excellent. Well-reasoned arguments both, as you'd expect. Rossi, you're more of a fly-by-the-seat-of-the-pants sort of reasoner, just like myself. Um, so you said Huddersfield. Don't just say, because why not? What, why are you saying <laughs> Huddersfield? Oh, well, um, we, we haven't really... Cause you had mentioned QPR, and yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, they're, they're currently in the relegation zone yep. in that final <clears> spot. But Huddersfield, they haven't got a current manager at the moment. They sacked Darren Moore. Of course, Neil yeah. Warnock left. He's now at Aberdeen in Scotland. Bizarre, which is yeah. Madness. Yeah, crazy. But I think he's always wanted to go there to, of course, play against one of the old firm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just look at Huddersfield. They struggled last year. Of course, Warnock kept them up. But I'm just looking at their squad. They've got a few okay players. But um, I think they're just going to struggle, in my opinion. So um, And they just haven't got a current manager. So I don't know who's going to go in there. I don't know who's sort of rumoured to be. Then the next manager, but yeah, I just thought they looked more in danger. Although it was a good shout about Stoke when you got when I saw Stoke, and I said, Oh, that's not a bad shout, but no, I'm sticking with Huddersfield, obviously. I like it. So we're all saying Sheffield Wednesday and Rotherham, they look like they're gone. AJ Stu are saying Stoke, Rossi is saying Huddersfield, and I, friends, I'm saying status quo for no other reason, friends, than I'm lazy and I couldn't really be bothered to invest much time into this particular section. Because it doesn't involve town. So I thought, who's there now? I'll leave it as it is. Hey, there we go. Right then, friends. That's what that's the first one out the door. I hope you appreciate my naked honesty on that. Um, what should we do next? Has anyone got a hot take for us? He wants to throw in a hot take before we move on to the next the next category. Boy, wow, you're all bang up for a hot take. I can see. AJ, give us a hot take. <laughs> okay. I, I came in with a one that I researched this morning. I thought it was gonna be really good, and it was gonna be yeah. Town scored the most own goals of any club in football league history within a single season and found wow. out they're only one off doing that anyway. That is a They've big already one. scored Ooh. six home goals this what season. What a stat. Um, and the most own goals that any team has scored in a single season within the football league is six. So they're one off doing that. So I don't know if I can kind of count that as a hot take here. That's a brilliant um, hot take, I think. Okay, we'll go with I that. Hadn't even con- I hadn't even considered that. That's brilliant. So, so that, that's my take. Yeah. The record um, is six. The record and they've got is five. six, and I've no, no, they've got six. Oh, they're, they're already, already level. So wow. you're looking at the teams across. So this is since the football league shifted to become Championship League One, League Two. Mm-hmm. You go back, so that was 2004-05. The most that any team has scored in a single season is six own goals. If you factor the Premier League into that, I think you can have Leicester with eight from about 20 odd years ago. So I think they might be pushing to go and break that. But I, I can see there's something about them. You know, this is an amazing team, but when they concede, often they're turning into their own net. That's you know, you've got to level the, the playing field somehow. So six across the board. Oh, is, Stu's going to go do some is research. That, no, no, no. Is that um? Is that all competitions? It's within the leagues. Okay. 
So, do, you, uh, do you do you know what the record is for most own goals by an individual player? Just out of interest, because obviously there's a, there's a couple of players. A, in the town I've sport. seen a few that I think Frank Sinclair's got to be up there, yes, hasn't he? Yeah, he got, he got about season, half of those for Leicester in that season <laughs> that you mentioned. I've, I've seen a few that have had four, I think. So it's going to be a push. Leaf Davis on two. Most players kind of finish on two or so. So if Davis was to turn it into his own net again, he'd be quite far up the list. I would need to double check in terms of individuals. But it is fairly amazing. It's not one that you look back on. I don't know if you had this. I looked back with Stu a little while ago. But you don't actually think it's six own goals they scored. And then you count them up. Because they had one over the weekend with Edmonton, two with Leif Davis. Then you add on Brandon Williams against Coventry, Cameron Burgess against uh, Birmingham, and it's Harry Clark against Blackburn. So that takes you to six, which feels slightly crazy. But yeah, there you go. Across the Football League, Championship down to League Two, the most in a single season. And a lot of teams have scored six own goals across the season. But if Town get one more, which I think they probably, you know, they've got some time to do it, then they will become the team to score the most own goals within the Football League in a single season. Oh, no. Don't. Are you going to try and. No, no, no. No, no. Okay. Relax. While we're on the subject of own goals, I I feel we need this. Seems like a a good point to raise this. We're having a bit of a debate at the weekend. On, on our predictions league. We're talking about Alex's awful predictions. Well, he's, yeah. he's racing away at the top of the actual yeah, score predictions he is, league. Yeah. He's miles clear in that. So yeah. I think we do need to acknowledge that. Um, but I'm I'm firmly rooted at the bottom of the table. Still not still not cut adrift yet. Yeah. You are the man that I'm probably trying to hunt down, Mark, in this, this relegation okay. battle. Yeah. Ross revealed that he gave you a point for getting first goal scorer the other week as... Leif Davis. The Leif Davis, yeah. You can't have an own goal as first goal scorer. Did you Might really do that, that Ross? Yeah, because technically he was the first goal scorer. But <laughs> oh, well, he wasn't the first goal scorer. It. He, he's the, uh, the arbitrator. <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> the logic is if you put money on the bet for him to be the first goal scorer, would you win? No, you would not no. win. Well, so Ross, I, pre- oh, yeah, I mean, in all honesty, as much as, I, as much as I think I should be allowed that as the, as the boss. Um, probably not fair. So yeah. uh, maybe maybe take that point away. Shit. I thought I was doing well when I looked, when I looked at the score. I thought, oh, I've opened <laughs> up a gap on Stewie. Have I done that? Turns out you just give me a helping hand there, Ross. Anyway, um, I kind of wish I'd now asked everyone their hot take beforehand because AJ's hot take was absolute fire. I, I'd have left that to the end otherwise. Um, I, really, so- I really hope it's statistically right. I spent all morning trying to look at that on Transfer Marked, and I really hope it's right. And I'm really worried that Stu, after the pod, or some listeners are going to go through and come back and say, actually, there's a team in League Two who scored uh, eight. So yeah. It's going to crush my dreams. But yeah, I am I'm worried. taking it. You said it. It's now gospel. Put it in the, put it in the book. Friends, okay. let's move on, shall we? Let's do surprise package. I'm going to move towards. I think we'll do we'll do the playoff spots and top two as the, as the final two because obviously they're the uh, the showpiece, if you like. That's going to involve town potentially, hopefully. Um, so let's do surprise package. I'm going to scribble this down. Put it large. <clears throat> Are we all ready? Stu looks like he's pondering. Hello. Struggled with this one. I had two, I had to narrow it down to, and I've just done a, a traitor's molly moment where I've switched last gasp. <laughs> right, come on, let's crack on, as you just said. Let's crack on. Go on. Three, two, one. All right, so we've got... Okay, 
So AJ's gone to Enzebi. I've gone Brandon Williams. Rossi said Al Hamadi. And Sue, you had? Had Broadhead. Broadhead. Surprise package? Explain your mm. thinking there. I really struggled for surprise package and I, and I knew this would get sort of called out a little bit. I was between him and Brandon Williams. Mm-hmm. I couldn't quite bring myself to say Brandon Williams because at the moment a lot of people have written him off. Will he will he come back? Won't he come back? We'd seen what he can do. I'm still not convinced he's going to come back and, and get back to that pre- early season form. And then I was looking through the rest of the squad and we kind of know what they're all capable of. So I don't know, like anyone could be considered a, a surprise package. And at the moment, we've just gone through a little spell where oh, Nathan Broadhead's had a slight dip in form, and most people are now picking Jeremy Sarmiento as their starting left sider in attack. And yeah. maybe Al Hamadi might might get into that position in the team. Um, I think Nathan Broadhead will have a bit of a, a renaissance pretty soon. Um, Thought we saw off the bench, he was much better at Preston last weekend with his role in um, the first goal that Ipswich scored. Uh, I think he'll get back in and he'll he'll remind everybody of that little star factor that he's got, that little X factor that he's got, um, and and yeah, be be sort of uh, back as as one of the key men. Excellent. Um, I hope I hope you're right, Stu, because I picked him as my MVP at the start of the season, which is look, currently looking a bit ropey. I also said he was going to get a double double again not necessarily on the cards as it stands. I'll go next because I've put a guy who you've already mentioned, Brandon Williams. I've picked him for exact reasons, Stu. When you look at this, you want someone who we're not currently really talking about as being in the kind of the top player mix as as adding something to the team every week. And Brandon Williams, for me, is the obvious one. Clearly showed what he can do, had a tremendous start at the club and he's had these issues with injuries and illness. Um, We know he's going to be coming back and maybe a lot of people will be underwhelmed, not expecting too much from him. But we've, we've seen what he can do. And that, for that reason, I'm, I'm, I'm saying maybe he'll have a role to play in the run-in. So I'm saying he will be my surprise package. And there's every chance he'll, he'll be needed and get in with yeah. Harry Clark sort of facing these, managing these Achilles issues. Um, we hope that's, you know, that there isn't a setback there with him. But you could mm. see the door opening for Brandon Williams and you, you could see how that narrative unfolds, definitely. Excellent. Rossi, who did you have? I know who you had, but I just want you to say it. <laughs> No, who, what the full name, please? <laughs> for the listeners, for the listeners, obviously, because yeah. people are watching this. Um, Ali Al Hamadi, um, boom, easy, easy, easy. Yeah. Um, I was just really impressed by him. His cameo was, you know, we we're of course we we're losing at the time, obviously, we still lost. Um, but I just I was, I was really impressed by him, and um, he's stepping up obviously to divisions, and uh, you know, I think he could make that step up and uh, score a few goals and just come on to. Attack those tiring defenders um, against definitely the teams who are maybe struggling. So um, yeah, I think he could be a surprise package. I think that qualifies for that because <clears throat> I guess you would say of the signings, he would be the one that is like more of the one for the future. The striker, oh, he's he's got he's a kid with potential. He might not do it this season. Um, so I'm 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 allowing that, Ross. I like it. AJ, you've got two in Zebi. Why? Mm. Um, one of my hot takes that I was going to have as my backup if. Town scoring one own goal between now and the end of the season wasn't going to work. Was going to be George Edmondson and Axel Twanzebe becoming the first choice centre back partners Ooh. in the running. I'm throwing everything at you today. You're coming with the fire um, today. I know. Yeah. I think that this little spell out of the team might do him some good because he's looked a bit nervy in the big games. I feel like he struggled a bit. 
give him some time just to reflect. Because this is the first time he's been in this kind of situation in a long, long time. you got to bear in mind, he hasn't played regular football in a long time. And there's going to be physical difficulties there and mental difficulties there. But with a period out of the kind of the firing line in the first team, especially when things are a little bit tough for town at the moment, I think that he will be able to come back in at some point and add exactly what town need, which is an experienced presence at the back and someone who's rapid and just add a lot of characteristics that maybe they, they don't quite have at the moment. And when you get into the running and you look at the big games that they've got, you need that kind of figure in your team. And, you know, full credit to someone like Luke Wolfenden, but he maybe doesn't have that same kind of wealth of experience that someone like Axel Twanzebe does. And navigating a promotion push in the latter stages, I think, requires maybe a few more people like that. So I think that he has a really important part to play. Um, yeah, and I think that he'll get the opportunity to come in at some point, um, you know, especially with these Saturday, Tuesday games. The centre-backs aren't always going to, start every single week and I think that that will be a change that will happen at some point and it's just about him trying to show that he now has maybe got past that little sticky patch that we saw with a a, a tough game against Leeds things like that and I, I think that he can definitely show that I like it four well-reasoned surprise packages there I reckon boys let's move on now shall we to top scorer um now clearly it's his top scorer from this point onwards um not for the season as a whole um, clearly, there are already people ahead in that regard. We're talking from this point onwards. So, the remaining 17 games, um, who's going to be Town's top scorer? I'd imagine, I'm guessing here, we might all have the same answer. But anyway, let's see Let's see what happens. Do we need numbers between now and how are we doing this? We can, we can, no, I'm not going to ask for actual numbers. Okay, um, thank God. I just want to, we can maybe have a little chat around that once we've all given our choice. Um, right. Three, two, one. Surprise, surprise. Oh, well done. Oh, this is a surprise. Okay. So me and AJ have both gone key for more, which is why I thought everyone would go. Um, Stewie's gone Chaplin and Rossi said Broadhead, and he's also done a little drawing, which is tremendous. So go on then, Rossi. You deserve that purely for your drawing. Why is Nathan Broadhead, you reckon, going to be the top scorer from here on in? Yeah, for the for the listeners, audio listeners, it was just a stick man, um, a Broadhead um, with his little curly hair. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> as sort of what Stu said, I think he's been out of form, obviously, the last you know few months, sadly. But um, I think he's going to come into form and he's going to go and score goals because um, he's just he's, he's just been annoyed by himself. He's going to go and score loads of goals um, with his position and he gets in those positions, doesn't he? So I think he's just going to score loads of goals, hopefully. Excellent. I like that. Why is he going to be a top scorer? Because he's going to score loads of goals. Excellent. <laughs> Stewie, you said Connor Chaplin. I did say Connor Chaplin because I think he's going to absolutely love playing with Kiefer Moore. I think yes. Kiefer Moore is going to be the, the the magnet, both for for defenders. I think they're all going to be drawn to him, and then Connor Chaplin is going to going to have so much more room in the box. He could find room in the box when it was tightly packed anyway. With with everyone being attracted to Kiefer Moore, I think he's gonna I think he could have a field day. I think he could he could ghost into positions and uh, and be the one that sort of uh yeah uh does well out of Kiefer Moore's position in the team. Yeah benefits from big Keith. That's a great shout Stewie. He's already managing to find space and now he's got a six foot five unit drawing attention in theory, even more space for little Connor. Um, AJ, you agreed with me, though. You're saying said six-foot-five unit is going to be the top scorer going forward. He's already got two goals in 45 minutes, which projects at about a million for the season. 
Um, so you're going to say the top scorer, why? Leif Davis. Yes. Sorry, I don't really have anything else to add to that. I just think it's perfect. You've got the fullback who could quite easily finish on the highest number of assists of any fullback in the history of the division. I think he's probably about four off. And you have someone who's hit, I think, what was he hit 20 with Cardiff in his best season? So put him into a town team like this. Have someone like Leif Davis crossing onto his head. Look, I understand. And I definitely get Stu's kind of reasoning. If you're coming up against a team who can nullify Davis down the flank, which we've seen teams do, or a team that puts lots of bodies on Kiefer Moore, then you're going to open up space for other players to come in. And, and I think quite a lot of players have actually mentioned that when we've spoken about Kiefer Moore. It's, yeah, he can score goals, but also he's going to be such a handful that it's going to help us as well because it's going to open up the space. So I definitely get the, the Chaplin logic in that. But I think it's easier said than done to put two, three players on Kiefer Moore and stop him totally from scoring. And I just think that he's going to love playing in this team so much. Mm, yeah. Uh, my reasoning for Kiefer Moore is not quite as articulate. You've obviously there given a very long... Uh, in-depth bit of analysis. My my bit of uh, analysis on that is I'm like a magpie. I've seen a shiny thing. It's just arrived in my nest. Now I love it. Keeper Moore's already scored two goals. He's going to get loads more, obviously, because he's going to start every game. Uh, and Leif Davis is going to be putting the ball on his head. So I'm saying Keeper Moore for no other reason than I just love him now because he's just scored two goals. There we go, friends. Has anyone got a hot take before we move on to the next one? Do you want mine? No. Yeah, go for it. Uh... Ipswich Town are about to embark on a 10-game unbeaten run leading Ooh. up to that massive game with Southampton on Easter Monday. Oh, you dirty boy. I love that. So 10 games unbeaten starting on Saturday. Starting on Saturday at home against West Brom. Shall I get the fixtures and read them out? Are they going to mm. win them all? Are they going to win all no. 10? I said, said unbeaten. unbeaten. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know. You didn't say just... perfect. Okay. West Brom at home. Millwall away. Yep. Swansea away. Rotherham at home. Birmingham at home, Plymouth away, Bristol City at home, Cardiff away, Sheffield Wednesday at home, Blackburn away. Ten games unbeaten. You spoke on Monday's part about how much you love this upcoming run. Obviously, West Brom on Saturday being the only side currently in the top half they'll play in that run. Ten games unbeaten, Stu. You wouldn't bet against it. They've done it before. I love it. I love the hot take. Right, let's do MVP, shall we, for the rest of the season. So... Not who's going to be the MVP as a whole across the whole season. We've already predicted that. Uh, and I think we're all pretty much still on in with a shout. I can't really remember who said what. But uh, let's do MVP from this point onwards. Have you got out? It'd be interesting to contrast. I have. What, I, I have. can't remember what I said for some of these early ones. Like, who Just, did we all have to go down? I'll tell you. Now, right then, uh, you had MVP, Stu, you had Sam Morsey. AJ had Nathan Broadhead. Rossi had Leif Davis. And I had Nathan Broadhead. Relegation-wise, we were all saying... I had QPR, Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday, which is basically what I've just... The, the, the bottom three at the moment, boys. So just, just saying, hashtag. Um, Add the lazy factor as well. Said it in the summer. <laughs> Go with it again. Yeah, and to be fair, Ross also had the same three. Uh, Stewie, you had QPR, Sheffield Wednesday and Preston. Sorry, that's AJ. Apologise. That's AJ. And you had Stewie, Rotherham, QPR and Cardiff. Cardiff, okay. So most of us had Rotherham and QPR. 
So there we go. Right then, MVP, rest of the season. Three, two, one. Okay, so we've got two votes for Leaf Davis, me and AJ. Uh, Stewie saying Morsey and Rossi is saying Morsey with another illustration, Ross. I'm liking what you're bringing to the table today. You're adding once more to your brand. You're showing again there's another string to your bow, not just a multimedia whirlwind, also now a celebrated artist. Um, Stewie, Sam Morsey, let's go with you. So Sam Morsey uh, was obviously on, on many people's tips at the start of the season to be MVP, the beating heart of the Blues. Uh, and you reckon he's going to be key in the running, obviously. Yeah, I just think when when Sam Morsey's on it, Ipswich are on it. Um, I thought at Preston last weekend, he was the one who kind of grabbed things by the scruff of the neck in the second half. And um, I think he's got the ability, both with his on-field qualities and off-field qualities, to kind of drag Ipswich through. Um, so for, for all the reasons that we've discussed many times around Sam Morsey, um, I think he's just central, central to everything. I really toyed with going with Kiefer Moore here because I think we've seen how much Ipswich struggled without George Hurst and without that focal point up front. They put a lot of energy and effort into getting that deal over the line. We've seen a glimpse of what he can be all about. He could be the difference maker. So I really toyed with with going with that. But ultimately, I can't, I can't go away from Sam Morsey. I just think... He's so much more than just what he brings on the pitch. Excellent. Rossi, anything else to add to uh, to Stewie's well-reasoned argument for Mr. Morsey? He's just a captain. He's just good, isn't he? He's just a good player. <laughs> so uh, we need that to, to take us ho- over the line and all that jazz. So um, obviously we missed him for those two games, you know, he was suspended for. But yeah, he's just a good footballer. So um, yeah, that's my, my reasoning. We bring you the light and shade on this podcast. We've got AJ and Stu, are very thoughtful, reasoned, analytical pundits. Then we've got me and Rossi, who are just like, well, who's there at the moment? Yeah, I'll say the same. Rossi, which is good, isn't he? Um, why not? All that jazz. There we go, friends. What can you say? We are both both aspects, light and shade. AJ, you and me are both saying Leaf Davis. I'm essentially saying that for the reasons already discussed, because he's going to get about a million assists crossing the ball into Kiefer Moore and probably Connor Chaplin as well, um, finding that bit more space. Uh, he's a brilliant player. I think he's probably going to score a goal at some point in the right end as well um, from a free kick. Uh, and I just think he's going to be really important as Town look to, to um, obviously regain momentum. He's going to be laying on a lot of goals. So that's why I'm saying it. You tell me now in great depth and more analytically why you reckon him. Um, okay, that's a lot of pressure. Well, yeah, I essentially think that you look at the impact man being key for more, who's pulling the strings behind the impact man. It's going to be Leif Davis. He's going to, yeah, exactly. I think that Kiefer Moore's probably going to take a lot of the plaudits from the work that's being done, although I think that everyone's hopefully soon enough going to be talking about Davis to Moore as quite a big thing, although it's going to be Kiefer Moore turning them in. But without him there, I don't think that Kiefer Moore's going to have quite the same impact. And obviously, you know, they linked up for one of the goals. They didn't necessarily for the other, although I think that... um Davis did actually put the ball in originally. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he almost got another assist in that game. Um, and I just think that based on that, yeah, how else? Well, not how else can Kiefer Moore score goals. He's got plenty of ways of scoring goals, but it's going to be the way. It's going to be exactly what Town 
want from this, to be perfectly honest. And without him, it, I don't think it works as well. So it, it just, yeah, makes total sense to me. Leif is a lovely name as well, isn't it? Of Viking mm. descent. Leif Erikson, one of the most famous, famous Vikings of all time. Lovely to say, Leif Davis. Uh, right then, has anyone else got a hot take before we move on to the, the big ones? The best picture and best actor slash actress Oscars in this particular podcast, which is, of course, the playoff spots and the top two. Rossi, have you actually got a hot take? Uh, I've been lazy again. Um, <laughs> obviously, my hot take at the start of the season was yeah. to score in every game. Um, okay, we'll see where we're going. Yeah. Not the nil-nils. Um, obviously, I think it's been... There's only West Brom so far this season. We haven't scored. That hasn't been a nil-nil draw. In the league. Uh... Yeah, because I think West Brom was a 2-0 defeat. I think we... Have we scored any other ones? Quick, still a little look while I expand on this hot take. I just think we're just going to score those goals now with Kiefer Moore. Yeah. Connor Chaplin's going to score goals. Nathan Broadhead's going to score goals. Kiefer Moore's going to score goals. Um, obviously, we're going to score our own goals. Um, it sounds like as well. Um, so yeah, that's my reasoning. I think we just score goals. Um, so your hot not, take is what? We're just going to score in every game. The last oh, okay. seventeen games. So yeah, yeah. So are you going to score in every game? Essentially, not yeah, that yeah. we're just going to score loads of goals. Excellent. That's it. I like it. We've got, we had some solid hot takes here. Um, Stewie, can you confirm that other than that West Brom defeat, have Town scored in every every game? Uh, well, no, the nil-nil against QPR after Christmas. Uh, of course, and then yeah. nil-nil, it's a back-to-back yeah, nil-nil. I won't count, I won't count QPR and I won't count Apart from though. the nil-nils, Ross said. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> why, do, why do they not count? Of course they count. Oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> Apart um, from the nil-nils. That's what okay. he actually said, if you remember, at the start of the season. They're going to score in every game apart from the nil-nils. <laughs> <laughs> right then, Fred. 4 nil at Leeds. Of course, yeah. So they've actually, oh, yeah. they've actually oh, shit, drawn yeah. a blank a few times. But you're saying the rest of the season, every single game, Ipswich Town are going to score this weekend. Ipswich Town nil, West Brom two. Uh, yes. We shall see. Right then, friends. We are now arrived at our, our exciting destination, which is the big ticket items of the playoff spots in the top two. Um, I'm going to start. Let's leave top two to last. Let's go with the playoff spots, first of all. Now, at the start of the season, one of the questions was where was Town going to finish? None of us put Town in the top six. Um, we had eighth, we had ninth, and we had tenth. So we all thought they were going to kind of maybe flirt with the top six, but ultimately miss out. Now, they're very much in that top six mix. So let's see where we think. I think this is probably going to give away our top twos, isn't it? Well, yeah, absolutely. But um, we can talk about that as well. You may be able to hear frantic scribbling, friends, of me writing things down. I should have, I should have pre-written. I've let you down there. Right, we ready, friends? We all have. Right then, three, two, one. Okay, right then. I'm going to read all these out. I've got Southampton third, Town fourth, West Brom fifth, Norwich sixth. AJ's got Leeds, Ipswich, West Brom, Hull. Stu's got Southampton, Ipswich, West Brom, Hull. And Ross has got Leeds, Town, West Brom and Hull. So I think we're all saying, are we not uh, West Brom? town in that top six so my my reasoning friends i've got southampton third 
obviously we'll come up to top two. Um, town fourth, it just feels to me like that might be where they, they end up when all is said and done. And uh, as the underdog in that kind of foursome, no disgrace in that. West Brom feels to me like they're, they're set fair for the playoffs as well. And the reason I've said Norwich, friends, is because, yes, we can talk about stats and XG and all this kind of stuff. But for me, football is a game of the heart, passion, feeling, gut. And I've just got a feeling, based on absolutely nothing at all, that there might yet be another po- a role for Norwich in terms of town this season. So I'm going to say Norwich, just because it's the sort of thing they would do, isn't it? Getting to the top six after what's generally been a terrible season for them. So I'm saying Norwich, merely because I think it'd be good narrative and it'd get us lots of excitement and lots of things to talk about. Right. AJ, what was yours? I worked my way up. Hull and six. Six yep. is kind of the free-for-all slot at the moment, and I think candidates realistically are Hull, Coventry and Norwich. I think Coventry are going to miss Ben Sheaf. I think Norwich, something's going to happen. They're going to try and kill David Wagner, something like that. I don't know. It's, there's all sorts going on over there. Hull, you look at their January transfer business and it excites me. I'm worried that there's a lot of left-sided players, but there's just a lot there. West Brom, when I suggested this podcast, I had crashing out of the top six. Shock horror. Um, but having looked at how the teams below them are faring, I just don't think they're going to drop out. I had Ipswich in fourth, and I also put a little P next to Ipswich, which I think was daring. I missed that, yeah. So you're saying yeah, promoted. Um, yeah, and I think that there's a nice narrative here potentially because I think that there's a good job. Oh, Ross is saying no. Um, look, at the end of the day, there would be two kind of fairly strong favourites coming in in terms of um, Leeds and Ipswich being the, the kind of the top two candidates. And within that, I think it's, it just feels quite nice, doesn't it? In a way, town at Wembley, New Wembley, first time obviously. And I just like the idea potentially of Leeds. I think Leeds will be the, the third place team. I think that they're performing so well, but Southampton aren't scary. We'll, we'll get on to that. But yeah. Um, so Ipswich make it to Wembley. They've been absolutely, well, they've had tough games against Leeds, one battering and one where Leeds came to Portland Road and scored four. Redemption arc, anyone? I don't know. I, I feel like maybe I'm, I'm putting too many cards on the table, but I just like the narrative going into it. So those oh, are that would be, that would my be four. Leeds against Hull, Ipswich against West Brom, and Ipswich leads at Wembley. You're coming out with all sorts of hot take fire. I mean, that, that could be a hot take as well, that, that Town are going to beat Leeds at Wembley and go up, having lost them yeah. twice. Having conceded it's the kind, it's, eight goals. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's the kind <clears> of thing that's going to get clipped up by Leeds fans. Now we're going to listen to the pod. Um yeah, I like it. I just I like how spicy that works. I like how the narrative works. Superb, Stewie. What was your what was your um, four? Uh, Southampton, Ipswich, West Brom, Hull. Um, yeah, perhaps we'll, we'll save the debate around Southampton Leeds for when we get onto the top two in a minute. I think West Brom, which we'll probably have a discussion on leading up to this weekend's game in a minute, just look solid. I think they've got lots of experience. I think they're back. They're back five and the two in front of them are just solid. They don't concede many goals. I'm not sure that they're going to score loads, um, but I think they'll, they'll have it. they've got enough points on the board to uh, to secure a playoff spot. And then as Alex says, it looks like a real free-for-all. You could go quite deep down into the table before you mm. start ruling before you start ruling people out. But Hull are the team in sixth at the moment and 
uh, as Alex says, they've done some really interesting business in January with people like Carvalho, um, the Turkish international whose name now escapes me. I think four million quid on him. He's got decent CV. Um, and I think Liam Rosinia is, is a really uh, talented young coach in the mould of, of Kieran McKenna. Um, thought about Coventry because I just think Mark Robbins is such a good manager and but without a Jokeres type player this year I'm not I think top six may just be beyond them so that's why why I opted for Hull. Excellent and Rossi just reminders of yours you had pretty much the same didn't you what was, what was yours? Uh, yeah same as um, AJ Leeds Town West Brom and Hull um, pretty much echo most of what AJ said, although I was looking at other teams, it's like, you know, it's, it's really tight. It's really tight, you know. There's a, you could say, I mean, if you look at the table, it could go all the way down maybe to Bristol City in 14th. Maybe. Who are, yeah. what, seven points off mm-hmm. the top six? It's going to be it's the hardest league in the world, isn't it, Championship? It's going to be uh, going to be one it's of them. It's exciting, though. It's exciting. But, it is um, exciting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, obviously, town to be in the playoffs, just first of all, is just mind-blowing. Um, and obviously, they've deserved it because they've yeah. played well this season. I don't know. don't know the battle final, though. I don't know. Play- town, town and playoffs don't go together really well. I think that's why we're all happy in League One we finished at least second because we didn't have to worry about the lottery of the playoffs because the lottery of the playoffs, anybody, you know, form goes out the window. And... Um, yeah, I don't know. If we have to play Leeds at Wembley, I would worry. Um, oh, I'd love that, though. That, that would be great. Yeah, it would be great. But we've got, yeah. to beat, we've got to beat West Brom or whoever in the semi-finals. So, yeah. once again, that depends on where you finish. Because if Town finish third or fourth, of course, you have to play fifth or sixth or whatever. So, yeah, we'll, we'll find out when, when that happens. But, we're, of course, Town are definitely in top six. Mm. Leeds at Wembley, avenging their two defeats is a lovely narrative that could only be bettered by town beating Norwich at Wembley, of course. Um, right then, top two. Hmm. I wonder who's going to be top. I'm going to start with AJ on this one because he made a right horlicks of this at the start of the season. Barrassed himself, he did, the lad. Um, three, two, one. Four. <laughs> Oh, Pitt. Yeah, is that are you? Are you taking the piss? No. Okay. No, no. Right. So I've got Leicester and Leeds. Stu's got Leicester and Leeds. Ross has got Leicester and Southampton. AJ, you've got Southampton finishing above Leicester. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be drinking this early in the day. No, 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 no. They're eleven points behind them as it stands. Yeah. Okay. They do, they the do game have a game in hand. Mm-hmm. Let's just before you start explaining this and people start yeah. thinking you, you're mildly credible, let me just remind <laughs> you of your. Your prediction at the start of the season, top two, yeah. you said Southampton and Coventry. So mm-hmm. you didn't have Leicester, the best yeah. team in Championship history, in the top two, and now you haven't even got them finishing top. Explain yourself. Well, I think that the Southampton pick looked absolutely terrible by September, and now we're all starting to think, oh, it's not that bad. Um, their form is fairly imperious and I know that there's a when is they're going to slip up but when you look at their squad when you look at the fact that all of the four promotion candidates take Ipswich out they, they're the ones who strengthen the most of the relegated Premier League sides they brought in two Bournemouth players on loan I really like David Brooks and I think to be perfectly honest it's a little bit more about Leicester than it is about Southampton in a sense that 
there's some bad vibes coming from the king power. And they wanted to strengthen January. They lost to Low Knee, and they wanted to bring in Stefano Sensi. Would have been a game changer. And um, they couldn't get it over the line. So a whole load of shenanigans going on with that on deadline day. Fans were frustrated. And then there have been more kind of bad vibes coming out. Fans don't like the way that Enzo Maresca plays. They're really upset yeah. about it. That's so um, strange. A lot, of, a lot of anger coming out about that. And he's been biting back. And he's been saying, well, you know, if the fans don't like it, then what's the point of me being here? Um, compare that to Southampton, who are currently good vibes, lots of good vibes. We all love Russell Martin after hating him for half the season. Um, and given their form, given the fact that they are the hunters and not the team being hunted, at least in a, a title sense, I think that it's going to be closer than people realise. Um, you look at the games coming up, yes, Southampton have got to go to Ipswich and they've got to play Leeds on the final day. Um Leicester kind of a bit flat-track bullies in the way as well, I find. They absolutely thrashed the bottom teams, but they dropped points twice against Ipswich. They lost against Leeds. They scraped wins against Southampton and West Brom. I just think that there's a little bit of a slip-up potentially in the offing there. Um, whereas Southampton, yeah, I just think they've been in absolutely terrifying form so far. So I'm going to put my neck on the line, and I'll say Southampton to win the league over Leicester, narrow, narrow margins, though. Wow. Your hot takes continue. That <laughs> one is hotter than lava. Southampton come back and beat Leicester. Wow. But it is odd what's going on at Leicester, I must say. Uh, obviously, I live with a Leicester fan. My wife's a Leicester fan. She's baffled by the um, a lot of the sentiment from the fans anti-Maresca ball, given they're doing what they're doing and setting all sorts of records. just seems odd. Um, Stewie, obviously, you had Leicester top. Who did you have second? Was it Southampton? I can't remember now. I had Leeds second, so AJ's AJ's back Southampton, 24-game unbeaten run, club record run at the moment. They are the team with frightening momentum at the moment. But as I said, I think in a previous pod, are they going to peak too soon? And I look at it, this is based on the fixtures entirely. Alex said um, maybe Leeds fans might clip up... um, something on them before. Well, here's an antithesis. I've, I've got, I'm backing Leeds to finish in the top two because, um, well, as, we, as we've discussed, we've seen their f- firepower firsthand with them putting eight goals past Ipswich across the two games. I think Daniel Farker, in Daniel Farker, they've got a manager who's who's been there and done it and got a team over the line in this division. Um, and... Yeah, I, I look at Southampton and they've still got to go to West Brom away. They've got to go to Portman Road, obviously. They go to Leeds on, on the final day. Um, so, yeah, that's why I've, I've gone with, with Leeds to uh, to pip Southampton into second. I've gone with Leeds as well, uh, for no other reason than I said Leicester and Leeds at the start of the season. Um, and it's still on, so I'm going to back myself. Leeds are obviously in, in really good form, in the short term anyway, five five or six wins in a row, I think it is, in all competitions. So um, they're coming up fast. And as Stu says, they've got the uh, the bristling firepower as well. Um, goals, friends, they win games. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm saying Leicester and Leeds. Rossi, what did you have? Leicester and who? Southampton, was it? Yeah, Southampton. Um, it, once again, it's exciting, isn't it? It's just exciting. It's just going to be one head of a 17 games um to go and um yeah i think it's going to go to the final final day potentially um so yeah lee southampton are going to fight out for that final um top two spot 
Um, I think, yeah, Leicester will win the league because they're Leicester at the moment. And, um, yeah, they're just going to run away with it. And um, it'll go down to the final day, which, you know, town may have a little sniff potentially, but uh, we'll be disappointed in the end. But, um, but yeah, that's my, that's my thinking, feelings about it. Excellent. That brings us to the end then of all our predictions. I haven't yet offered my hot take. My hot take at the start of the season was that town would be top at some point in the season. And I absolutely, if you don't mind me saying, absolutely nailed that again, friends. Um, so my hot take for the, the this kind of run-in is that George Edmondson and Axel Twinzebi are going to start as centre-backs. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, I, it's not quite as grandiose and ambitious as yours, in fact. You've, you've all gone pretty big in terms of your hot takes. Um, and I, I wasn't thinking quite that large. So I've got... My hot take is that Connor Chaplin is going to score a hat-trick for the end of the season, um, which we've kind of discussed the reasons why. Uh, we know he's a purple patch scorer. We know Kiefer Moore is going to take some attention away, even more attention away from him. Um, and I can see him scoring a hat-trick at some point before the end of the season. So that's my hot take. I will say, however, then compared to your series of red-hot hot takes, that's probably the least ambitious way, least kind of exciting way of ending this particular prediction show. So I'm going to ask one more question, friends, which I hadn't prepped you on, and I hadn't even thought of until now. And that's mainly because AJ's already answered it. Are Ipswich Town going to get promoted? Write it down. We already know AJ's answer. This has a potential to bite us in the backside big time, doesn't it, boys? Do we have to answer this? <sighs> yes, Stu. It's just for fun. This is my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, do I answer? Um... Oh, I live to regret this. I've seen others. No, that's it. <sighs> anyway. Oh, what a horrible question. I know. Oh, now I know what Roth is saying. Now I'm thinking I shouldn't have even answered it. Asked it, and I definitely probably shouldn't answer it. Right. Okay. Mm, I wonder what Alex is going to say. Uh, three, two, one. Oh, okay. So this is interesting. So the, the two kind of eternal optimists, um, sort of, uh, what do you say, um, idealists, puppies. Me and Rossi see things, like them, get excited about them. Yes, everything's brilliant. We both said no. AJ, you've already said yes. And Stu, having rankered against the question, which led me to believe he may say no, has said yes with a big exclamation mark. Stu, I bloody love it, Watson. Give us your reasoning. I'm manifesting. Purely, yes. purely and simply, I'm manifesting. Um, I think, you know, like you said, you and Ross are kind of... Um, bit more off the cuff on a whim i think at the minute you've got the current run of form you've got yeah, last right. weekend's result yeah. in your head yeah. you're drawn to that whereas this is where the more analytical logical part of alex and i is maybe kicking in going oh, they've got some good fixtures coming up now and Kiefer moore's going to make an impact and you know they don't lose that many games and um so i think that's probably where that's that's kicked in with our predictions um but that was a really difficult one to to ask that how many like times it. are we going to say lottery on this podcast in the next few weeks and months in regards to what the playoffs the, the lottery the, of the, the playoffs the yeah the playoffs the lottery of getting into the playoffs the lottery of penalty shootouts the lottery oh, of they'll, they'll get in the playoffs 15 point margin oh um, yeah no i'm saying in terms that, of other, other teams fine, getting but... into the playoffs absolutely yeah exactly um right then so aj you've already said yes and you've kind of explained why um is there anything further you want to add yeah, why not, basically? I think that 
I like the idea essentially of it being Leeds and Ipswich. I like the narrative. I, I think it, you know, give it a movie finale. It would just be a good bit of fun. Um, in the same way, Stu manifesting it, and in the same way, Stu as well. I think that don't write off any sort of promotion hopes based on a poor run because Southampton were terrible at the start of the season. Leeds were pretty bad at the start of the season, and now a good run of form. And we're talking about. I mean, I've got Southampton to win the league, sticking with my original prediction, by the way. Mm. And um, we're talking about Leeds being a strong shout for, for top two. And now just because Town have had a dip just after the midway point, we're all kind of shifting the other way. So things can change so quickly. Good run can change that. Um, winning breeds confidence. And if they can use this little run that we're talking about to then build up those wins, hopefully, fingers crossed, then you're coming into games towards the end of the season, your Southamptons and your Norwiches, and hopefully you're in a, a good position to go and take them on, and those are going to be the ones that will potentially play a defining role in the season. Okay, I like it. Rossi, you said no, which, um, I mean, you have you have made bold proclamations in the past about seasons being over, and um, so maybe when it comes to town being successful, you're minded more to be more towards a negative, old friend. Um, so why are you saying no? Well, obviously, I want town to get promoted. Obviously, I do. Well, you know. Of course, yeah. Of course, we all do. Yeah, we, we all do. do. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, I love this team. This team, you know, we've been covering this team, you know, um, this current form of it is, you know, in terms of Kieran McKenna and stuff. And, you know, it's been unbelievable to watch and to cover it and go to every game. It's You just can't wait to, to watch it. Um, but I just don't know. I just think they're going to fall over that final hurdle, the semi-finals. Um, I don't know if Wembley is... Is going to be coming for us. Obviously, we want to go to Wembley. We've not gone to a new Wembley yet. I think there's so many town fans like, we just want to go there. We wanted to do that in the Papa John's Trophy. Obviously, we, we were crapping that. Um, so, yeah, I just think this maybe season will be too soon for this team. Um, it's coming, though, for this team at some point. But maybe this season, maybe too soon. Um, but what a season it's been and what a season it will be overall when we do get into the playoffs. And sadly, I think we will lose in the semis, unfortunately. But... Uh, hopefully I'm wrong and we're going to be playing Premier League football next season. So we'll wait and see. Mm, breaking news, friends. You've swayed me. <laughs> <laughs> Having listened to your reason, thoughtful. Not allowed. Not allowed. No, I've changed no. my mind. As the host of this show, it is my prerogative <laughs> to change my mind. It also mm. leads to a much happier ending of the show when I change my mind from no to yes. I've listened to your reasoning. AJ and Stu, you know what you're talking about more than I do. And what I'm most now hanging on to as a simple-minded fool is this narrative, this story arc of Ipswich Town playing Leeds in the final of the playoffs. I've swayed you. Like Rocky IV, Rocky versus Ivan Drago, in the year that we've just lost Apollo Creed, RIP Carl Weathers. It would be fitting if Town came face-to-face with their own Ivan Drago at Wembley. The underdogs, everything's against them. They've got the best of everything. They've got money. They've got firepower. Plucky little town, though. You punch them in the face, they get right back up and keep on coming, just like Rocky. So I'm saying Ipswich Town are going to go up and they're going to beat Leeds at Wembley in the final. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Um, so and then yeah, Kieran McKenna does a little wink at Daniel Farker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the end. Oh, yes. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's going to happen. That We've now written the script, friends. Um, that is the way it's going to go down because sport is a story, is a fairy tale at the end of the day. Um, and that would be one of the greatest fairy tales ever written i love that friend absolutely loved it superb right i suppose we better talk about west brom before we uh we, t- we take our leave um so we've just 
spent the best part of an hour speculating about what might happen for the rest of the season. What friends do we think might happen at Portman Road on Saturday? Because this is a rematch of a, uh, one of the, the games that Town, you have to say, have been well beaten in, um, which you can't say a lot um, about Town under Kieran McKenna. Um, Stu, West Brom, how are you feeling about this one? Because this is no doubt this is a big game in terms of Town needing to start building some momentum. You say, you mentioned, obviously, the uh, the run after this. You're clearly predicting they're not going to lose this weekend. But how, how are you feeling going into it? Yeah, all of a sudden, this is fourth v fifth in the league. We've all just put West Brom in our top six. As you say, the game back at the, I think, towards the end of November, Ipswich were comfortably beaten in that, although it was one of those games where the damage was done early on where, you know, we talked about Ipswich giving themselves mountains to climb. It was a, I think it was a glancing header at a corner fairly early on, wasn't it? Um, Ipswich responded okay to that and then got done on the counter, didn't they, quite early in the second half. And from there on in, West Brom's experience showed. You look through their team, they've got some players that have been around the block at this this level, particularly in defence with Bartley and, and Kipra, the centre-halves. Um, Palmer, I think, has got the most clean sheets in the league in, in goal. Um, and they, their game management was excellent. Ipswich never laid a glove on them. Uh, I think no shots on target at the end, and the home fans were giving it the Olays as they knocked it about in, in the latter stages. So, um, yeah, that, that shows you what West Brom can be, but this is now at Portman Road. This is Ipswich now having some increased attacking options. Um, as, as Benson, your dog, is uh, yeah, apologies, making you just an appearance Benson's, in the background. Benson's... Uh, Benson's uh back passage shall we say climbed <laughs> onto the bed yeah, yeah. so yeah I, I quite like this as a, as a home fixture to kind of come off the off the back of of Preston and Maidstone before that uh they're without a couple of players at the Af, at Afcon um Semi Ajayi and Grady D and Ghana are both in the semi-finals of Afcon with Nigeria and uh DR Congo respectively Matt Phillips out with a hamstring injury Josh Madger out with an ankle problem. So, yeah, attacking-wise, they've got a few players down at the moment. Um, I think this is a nice little fixture for Ipswich to be going into at home on Saturday. Um, and I think they'll they'll edge it. I like it. AJ, what, what are your feelings, your reflections, your thoughts, your analysis? <clears throat> yeah, I think West Brom are an interesting team in the sense that the actual championship experience that they've got was so telling in that first game, wasn't it? They navigated it so well. They've got players that you probably look through, especially in the centre-backs, they're, they're players that have racked up kind of hundreds of appearances at championship level, and then they've made the step up to the Premier League, probably haven't quite been able to do that and ever since. Um, returning to the football league, sorry. Is that, Benson, can you all hear Benson? <laughs> Yeah, yes. um, he makes some very odd sounds. He does. He's like a massive guinea pig, um, grumpy little fat sod. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, ever, ever since returning to the football league, they've always shown that they are top players essentially at the level, um, without being able to kind of make that step back up. And as I said, I think that experience showed in the early stages of the season. And I think that Town have had a lot of different experiences since then. You know, they've had two games against Leicester. They've gone to Ellen Road. They've done that. And that will have helped them in the long run navigate these kind of tests. So I think they'll be better for it. I think they'll be better for having League One players last season who've come up and played against experienced players. Um, and not only is there going to be the motivation to go and you know end this little run that they've had and the, the back-to-back defeats for the first time since 
October 2022. They want to avoid back-to-back league defeats for the first time since October 2021. It's a long time. Um, but also, these players are going to think back to that West Brom game and think we're going to want to put it right. And add all of those things in, add the fact that they would have learned a lot of lessons since they last played West Brom. I think it's set up quite nicely. Um, but don't underestimate what this team can bring to the table because, as we've seen, good team. Right then, Rossi, should we get some predictions rolling now? Um, you are not going to be at the game this weekend, actually, are you? You're uh, you're in Bath with your good lady celebrating your anniversary, a place that I've always wanted to go. Never got there, so I'll be interested in your review. I also, friends, made a really bad mistake on this one. Um, I've agreed to go on a spa day with my wife on Saturday, thinking the game was at 5.30. It's not, is it? It's at 12.30. Um, so maybe it'll be on in the gym. I don't know. Um, but I can't now back out of it without being thoroughly told off. So, Rossi, you won't be, I, I doubt you'll be watching it, you'll be enjoying the delights of Bath, but how are you feeling about the game and, and what's your prediction? I don't care. I don't care. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, my team, obviously, yeah, as the boys already mentioned, we, we lost against early in the season. They were just in our faces, weren't they? They just... That was a game on Sky as well, wasn't it? With now back-to-back games against West Brom on Sky, obviously a twelve-thirty kickoff. Um, they've had a bit of a mixed bag, haven't they? Results-wise, they're a team who they go on winning runs, do they? West Brom, but they do win games. They they beat Leeds, I think, I think to end twenty twenty-three. So uh, they've got that on their their record. They beat Birmingham last time out. Is it the West Midlands derby? I think they called it. Um, I think that's what it's called. Um, they've also got. Andres Wyman, who's one of their new signings, an experienced player who scored in that game on his debut. So they've still, you know, as the boys mentioned, there's injuries, there's players are out, but they've still got some some big players. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be sounding really negative. I don't know why, but I'm gonna go for a. I'm not gonna go for a defeat. Don't worry. Oh. I'm, not going for it. I'm gonna go for a draw. I think a draw will be the the result. It's probably just an easy result for me just to say because I just think West Brom will be a tough competitor. So I want to go for a one-one draw. Who's going to score? Ooh. Is this going to be an opportunity now for Nathan Broadhead to get that? Yeah, Nathan Broadhead to, to score first, to get his you know, goal-scoring like form back. Like it. Right, I'm going to, I'm going to dive in here and get the uh, prediction in before you two boys. I'm going to say 2-1, which is the uh, by far the, the favourite prediction. Uh, and I'm going to say Connor... No, am I going to say Connor Chaplin? I'm going to say Kiefer Moore. I'm going to say Connor Chaplin. So 2-1 Connor Chaplin. Rossi's saying 1-1. Stu, we'll leave Alex to... Actually, AJ, you go first because you're uh, you're top, aren't you? So you give us your prediction. 2-1 key for more, and I didn't even know that. So uh, there we yeah, go. Yeah, that's what I went with. Um, yeah, Build on that momentum, big Keith. But as, as, as Ross says, I think it will be quite a tight game. Uh, West Brom don't seem to lose by many goals. If Well, they rarely seem to lose that much, but also their away record's pretty poor. Four from 14 wins on the road. Can we please, before the end of the season, get a picture of you standing next to Kiefer Moore? I am scared my, about this. For my own enjoyment. For the, <laughs> for the sinister, KOA actually. file. <laughs> sounds very sinister. <laughs> um, Stewie, so uh, we, me and AJ are both saying 2-1. Ross is saying 1-1. What are you saying? I was between two results. Uh, for a bit of fun, I won't go with 2-1 because you've both gone for that. I'll go with 1-0 instead. Uh, Ooh, nice. I'll go for a, a nice... 1-0 win. We haven't had many of those, certainly not at Portman Road, but um, that's what I'll go with. And I'll go with I'll go with Ross. I'll go with Nathan Broadhead to score. 
think he's okay. one. How important do you reckon it is that Town get through the first sort of 15 minutes or so being solid given their recent and, you know, you'd say habitual habit now of um, conceding early goals, Stewie? Yeah, without wanting to state the bleeding obvious, uh, very important. <laughs> yeah, um, I think, yeah, they'll, they'll be interesting to see how they kind of talk about that internally going into the game. If it's, I don't think there'll be a let's let's see out the first 15 minutes and make sure we're, we're in the game. I think it will be a let's take it to them and get the crowd on our side and get big key for causing a bit of carnage and see what we can do. So, um, but yeah, hopefully I think everyone will be looking at that clock, just seeing if they can navigate that first 10, 15 minutes because they, they finish so strongly um, and they've got options off the bench and they, they're ultra fit. And if they stay in games, you, you always back them to, to be able to do something at the death. So I think set pieces will be a big thing for me. I want to see them defend those first few set pieces. It was a, it was a set piece goal at, at the Hawthorns that put them on the back foot. Um, you know, we talk a lot about what Kiefer Moore is going to bring to the side in an attacking sense. Um, I think he'll be a, an asset as well, defensively as well, to, you know, look, looking back to that season where Daryl Murphy scored those 27 goals, he was like a magnet for any any corner that came into the Ipswich box as well. He so often got that clear. So that, that could be an asset for Ipswich as well. So, yeah, see out those first few set pieces, see out those first 10, 15 minutes. And, uh, and I think Ipswich can win this one. I'm sorry, Sue, for asking you a blindingly obvious question. Um... That is the the dance to which we're all accustomed. So, all right, I'll go and do the same with yeah. uh, McKenna tomorrow <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, it's fine. What are the chances he's going to answer in in that regard? That'd be lovely if he did, wouldn't it? What do you reckon, Steve? It's bloody obvious in it, mate. Christ, come on. Um, yeah, that's the, the, the nature of the dance that we all uh, are invested in, of course. Right, and friends, we're going to finish the show today with another question from a KOA listener um, or viewer. I don't know which. Um, we've had quite a lot of emails uh, since we... Uh, talked about KOA traitors on Monday. This one comes from Christopher Day. Um, and it's about a TV show that's on at the moment, much like traitors. And importantly, Christopher, you've tapped into something else I'm interested in. And if I'm interested in it, we're going to talk about it. That's the rule. My show. I'm the host. We'll talk about it. So Christopher says he's a volunteer at the Ruffham Control Tower Museum in Bury St. Edmunds. He says, I have a question for you all. With Masters of the Air, or Masters, as you say uh, in Suffolk, um, now appearing on our TV screens, which position on a Boeing B-17 Flying Fortress would you be best at? OK, so these are blank looks around the room here. I'm going to I'm going to flash up a little graphic, which um, he's, he's kindly provided. So this is a flying fortress during the war. Obviously, the American bombers were based over here in East Anglia, even more relevant to this pod. Um, and they took off from here and went and bombed Germany in these big old flying tin cans called flying fortresses. <laughs> And these were the positions. So they had a 10-man crew there. Position one, Bombardier, which is tremendous fun to say. The guy who, who dropped the bombs using the Norden bomb site. Navigator, number two. And Christopher has added a note on here which says not available to Ross, which uh, I think is fair. Also, three and four, I think, should be not available to Ross because that's the pilot and co-pilot. Uh, fifth, top turret gunner. Sixth. Radio operator slash gunner, seven ball torrent gunner. These are the guys who kind of sat in a big gold fishbowl, essentially, hung beneath the bottom of the plane. And one of the problems, of course, with this plane is quite often the landing gear didn't come down. So if you're in that precarious position, you were uh, in trouble. Uh, and then eight, you've got right waist gunner, nine left waist gunner, ten tail gunner. Um, I should say, before we get into this particular question, that 
you ideally you don't want to be in any of these positions because I think the uh, the average lifespan of a, a serviceman flying in one of these things was was six missions before they either got seriously injured or lost their lives. Um, so on that bright note, shall we talk about where we'd like to be? Uh, I'd like to be boys in position 11, which is not shown on this, where I'm born to be, which is on the ground as an officer telling the rank and file what they should be doing and uh, and then hoping that they, they do it. Um, Rossi, God forbid you were ever on a, <laughs> a flying fortress. Um, is there any position that you'd like to be? Would you like? Would you like to be the guy dropping the bombs right at the front of the plane? Would you like to be a guy with with a gun somewhere? I think I want to be at the tail, number ten, and just shooting for just just going for it, just going, just going, just going ham, yeah. just literally, just, yeah. just yeah, yeah, kill the bastards, just kill them. Yeah. <laughs> Ross, Ross is out of his ammo five five minutes into the journey. I've not even <laughs> seen any enemy aircraft yet. Uh, 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 Stewie. Yeah. Um, I, and this is a serious and a, a genuine compliment to you when I say this. I reckon if we were in a flying fortress, I would want you, Stewie, and I'm going to bring this down so I can look into your eyes. I want you, genuinely, and I mean this, I want you to be the pilot. Because I think you have, of all of us, you have the, the requisite characteristics to be the pilot. Number one, there are no automatic flying fortresses. So that's AJ out. He can't drive. Um, Rossi clearly can't drive. And would be a liability in any in pretty much any role in this, let's be honest, but particularly flying it. But you, I think, Stewie, you have to be calm under pressure, you have to be dedicated to the task, and you can never panic because these missions were hellish. I would be way too full of adrenaline, um, and way too buoyed up to fly a plane. I would make ridiculous decisions. Um, which would probably lead to horrible, horrible things happening. But I think you, friend, having been in the car with you as well, when we drove cross country uh, to the Peak District, um, and you were, you acted as navigator that day. But you really should have been driving. You were very calm. So I think, I think you, friend, we're going to war in an F, F uh, sorry, B seventeen flying fortress. I want you flying it. How do you feel about that? Uh, thank you for your complimentary words. Yeah, I'll I'll take that. I think you need to be sort of your coolest here. It's probably the the guy who's deciding when to drop the bombs. Yes, that's you've true. Only, you've only got a handful of those, and you've got to make them count. Yeah. And if you're pumped full of adrenaline, you've you've dropped them all within however long, <laughs> and that's it. We're done. Oh, Doesn't matter how good the pilot is. <laughs> 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 exactly. What this has completely thrown me. This discussion. What is this show? It's, it's, it's a reality it's, show. No, no, it's not reality shows. Um, <laughs> Obviously, you all heard of Band of Brothers, I assume, which is yeah. like a great HBO show. So Brilliant. that's that's Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg. They made it's, they're not sequels, but they're shows of the same kind of um, ambition and uh, kind of storytelling, I guess. So Band of Brothers, obviously about the um, the uh, Easy Company, it was, um, and their kind of uh, journey through Germany during the war, which is a true story, tremendous. Um, then they did the Pacific, which again was a true story, maybe not quite as good as Band of Brothers. And this is about the true story of American airmen who were over here during the war, based in East Anglia, um, and flying missions into Germany in this incredibly dangerous um, job that they did. Uh, so that's where it comes from. And the show's brilliant. It's really, really good. I'd highly recommend it, um, particularly if, like me, you love Band of Brothers and who didn't love Band of Brothers, because that was a brilliant series. So I'd highly recommend it. Uh, and that's why we're talking about it. So, uh, you're you're piloting this this tin can, Stuart. I, I reckon I'd back you to get us where we needed to be. 
Um, I definitely, as, as as we just discussed, shouldn't be dropping the bombs. Ross probably shouldn't be trusted with a gun. Let's be honest. I mean, Christ, um, Ross with a gun. Good Lord. AJ, whereabouts would you like to be? I'll take number two. I'm going to be the navigator because this is often my role on away days yeah. at this point. Um, I've got a fairly good record at it. I had one where I sent us around in circles coming back from Leicester away, but I managed to get us back on track quite quickly so I can sit there with Apple Maps up on this aircraft telling us where to go. Um, also, on the graphic, it looks like he's playing the keyboard. So, yeah. good fun. <laughs> and, um, Keep everyone entertained. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, in between yeah. like doing... Yeah. doing your uh, navigation you can just bust out a little song keep the mood high can you well. play the keyboard can we add this to the list of oh no 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 but i okay. can we'll just have a bit of fun anyway why you not give us a song, um, you? you give us a song as we're flying into almost certain death yeah and i i probably have a, a decent stab at navigating it's it's yeah what i've ended up doing on most away days so yeah i can do that and then learn my new skill of playing the piano like they have on the, the graphic yeah yeah i mean obviously we're we're obviously being quite light and jokey around this, but clearly this uh, these guys were were absolutely incredible. We talk about this is why I don't like talking about football as being brave because that's not really that's not brave at all. Let's be honest. This is what was brave. These guys doing this uh, all those years ago. Um, anyway, friends, let's move on, shall we? Uh, final part of the show now. Um, I am not going to be around on Monday because I'm watching the Superb Owl, which is on Sunday night, the Super Bowl. Cue lots of rolling of eyes. From the rest of the team, the greatest single sporting event on earth, boys, better than the World Cup, better than the World Cup, happens in Las Vegas. Where else could it be on Sunday? And my team, the San Francisco 49ers, finally have a chance of winning it. We talk about town being bad for many, many years. My team, the 49ers, haven't won the Super Bowl. There's only one winner in American sports at the end of every season. And that's the, the team that win the playoffs. My team haven't won the playoffs, haven't won the Super Bowl since... Since 1994, 95, I haven't seen them lift a trophy for 29 years. So I'm hoping to see that in the wee small hours of Monday morning. So I won't be around. Rossi, you won't be around because you'll be in Bath, not watching the Super Bowl. <clears throat> so AJ and Stu, uh, you'll be running the ship on Monday, which I'd imagine then will lead us to having to pod on Tuesday. Um, so before we wrap up, friends, any other business? Is your team going to get undone by Taylor Swift? On Sunday night. Well, there is, yeah, I mean, there is a Taylor Swift factor, AJ. Good knowledge. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs have Taylor Swift on their side. Um, and I don't know if you've seen with this. I know we have a lot of American listeners this this show, um, and I love you all. But boy, conspiracy theories in America suggesting that Taylor Swift is somehow involved in a conspiracy theory regarding the NFL. And it's been scripted so that she ends up um, with the winning team at the end. Something to do with the election. I don't know. It's, it's just madness. And Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, has actually had to answer questions about this. Mental. Bloody. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So she's on the other side of the pitch. And hopefully she'll be in tears on Sunday when the 49ers crush the Chiefs. Like, hopefully we will. Um, in any thoughts? I know you're a huge, huge American sports fan. Big 49ers fan. You visited San Francisco. Declared yourself to be a 49ers fan. Um, and haven't mentioned them since. Um, I have I have nothing to, to add or contest to this debate. I hope Excellent. you I hope you enjoy it and you stay awake. I will because I I, I won't be um, imbibing as much as I have in recent years, which has led to my downfall. Rossi, um, anything from you before we take our leave? What exactly are you going to be doing at Bath this weekend? You've got any excursions planned? 
Let's go with the flow, lads. Let's go with the flow. I think we've got uh, we've got a swimming pool and a little spa at our hotel, Ooh. so we're going to use that. And I'm just going to I'm just going to eat a lot of food and drink a lot of alcohol. So, uh, so yeah, up town. Superb, friends. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the show. It's been a, a broad church. We've had some tremendous predictions, tremendous hot takes. Uh, we've talked about the West Brom game this weekend. We've also talked about where we'd all like to be in a flying fortress, bizarrely. Uh, and then we finished, obviously, with a bit of Super Bowl chat for the biggest sporting event in the world this weekend. Just a reminder, friends, support our sponsor. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery on all that excellent clobber um, going forward. And also, friends, leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that helps us to have visibility in the charts. Follow us across all our social medias, Kings of Anglia on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and AJ, TikTok, around the clock. Get involved. How are we doing on that new platform? Doing nicely. We're not a million miles off from 100 followers, which is quite yes, good with our little massive. pop clips. Um, yeah, growing nicely. Lots more to come. Excellent. I'd imagine Taylor Swift's big on TikTok. Um, anyway. Probably, yeah. Yeah, massive. She's she's fairly popular, isn't she? I'm led to believe Taylor Swift. Anyway, friends, what an odd way to end the show, talking about Taylor Swift on the Ipswich Town podcast. Have a great weekend, whatever you're doing. If you're going to the game, enjoy it. If you're watching the Super Bowl, tweet me, at me, join the game. Make sure I'm staying awake because um, I'll be, I will be struggling, no doubt, at my age to stay awake at that time of night. Uh, have a great weekend, friends, whatever you're doing, and we'll be back next week, maybe a day later than normal, to speak to you again. Thank you.